Hey guys, welcome back to the Fedinga Podcast. As you guys know, we have our special guest, South African Sheikh. You know how it always goes. It's always our favorite episodes. We got to speak to um, Sheikh Bilal Isma, a graduate of Medina, about why he's here in Melbourne and one of the voices, one of the ideas he's trying to push, which is healing forward. We spoke about marriage, you know, A to Z of a Muslim household, traditional marriage, and how we in the West should be thinking about marriage and how we can think about raising a good family. We spoke about his Imam development program, about how he's trying to uplift the Imams and the Islamic voices in South Africa and all across Africa. I think you guys are going to love this episode. Ustaz Bilal, mashallah, is a gem who dropped so much knowledge for all of us. I hope you guys do enjoy the episode. Remember to check out all of his programs online. Check out Al Kothar for all the great work that he does. You guys are going to love it. Enjoy. Thank you. Ashraf. What? How are you? Alhamdulillah. We can explain what Fedinka means um, after one moment, but I thought it would just be nice to touch on what we're. Um, speaking about before When you were telling us When you graduated from the Kulia, Just so people can understand Who Ustaz Bilal Ismail is And just a little bit more About your upbringing And your journey of ilm And what you're doing now Okay Fair inshallah That's why I'm born and bred In South Africa My great grandfather Was from India Was from Gujarat uh, I think many people in Australia Maybe it's their father Who had come from Lebanon Or wherever else it might be Whereas South Africa was my great-grandfather. So people came to South Africa like in the 1800s, towards the end of the 1800s, etc. Uh, so my grandfather born in South Africa, far parents, and uh, same with ourselves, inshallah. And I was in Medina, yes, uh, for six years. I would say s- my best six years of my life mm. were in Medina. At that time, 2011, I uh, know, 2001. Just before September 11th, I was there at that time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, we went to the McDonald's to see what was going on, etc. Oh. Right. Uh, so 2001 until 2007 was there in Medina. Yes. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Sheikh Yasser Qadi was there. He was doing his masters. Uh, Sheikh Tufik Choudhury from Australia and uh, many others. Uh, Navaid Aziz from Canada, etc. etc. Yeah. So I just wanted to quickly make a note for the person next to you because people are like. Why is he on another episode? <laughs> 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 we have Mustafa Al-Kumi as a co-host. Alhamdulillah, he spending his time to help us try to get the most out of Ustaz Bilal Ismail. And he's also Shab- here to provide experience in certain topics that we're touching on this podcast. So, Inshallah. Mr. Al-Kumi as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> so you graduated um 2007. Did you also study at Dar al-Ulum in South Africa? Not at Dar al-Ulum, but I did uh, do my hivs at Madrasa, etc. So uh, finished uh, hivs in Madrasa and then uh, and then completed school and then many things happened and eventually decided to go to Medina. Long story short, cut in <laughs> and you did five kul- seconds. Did you did Kulia, uh, just the Jamia? Uh, two years Arabic. Okay. Because, I mean, even though memorized the Quran, etc., uh, didn't even know what Hada Kitabun meant, mm. right? Uh, That's and me so, huh? <laughs> 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 right? And then, so two years of Arabic, and then four years uh, faculty of Sharia. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I know you've, uh, you have your Medina book series, and you, you, you yes. try to help people. Like, obviously, you probably meet a lot of people here in Australia who always ask the same question. Uh. You know, how can I learn Arabic? How can I improve my Arabic? So inshallah, if people did want to know, Bilal Isma is the way to go. I mean, there's many options out there. There's many courses, etc. I mean, uh, alhamdulillah. What we have done, yes, uh, because the Medina Arabic uh, 
series is very famous. Mm. Uh, right? You find many people, they've bought book one, book two, book three, and they have it on the bookshelf. And the guy hasn't made it past lesson 10 of book one. Before he got married, he had it on his bookshelf. <laughs> he's now got three kids and he still hasn't made it past lesson number 10, subhanAllah. So what we did was an uh, explanation of Medina Arabic book 1, book 2, book 3. And not only 1, 2 and 3, but also the other subjects that you study in each level. So what we familiar you know, familiar with most people is book 1, book 2, book 3. But when you're in Medina there and you're at the Arabic uh, Learning Institute, you do book 1 plus three or four other subjects. Mm. Those books are not really uh, you know, available. Uh, so we did the explanation of all of them. And so level one, and currently we are completing level two, inshallah. Mm. So all of that's on the Al-Kothar website, alhamdulillah. And you teach the, like, as in this courses to be, like you can learn Arabic through Al-Kothar? Yeah, so th all of this has been recorded, and it's all online on the uh, Al-Kothar website, yeah. Jameel, alhamdulillah. I, I want to come back to the question that you asked before the podcast and oh. I said it might be a good idea to mention it. What does fair income mean? Yeah, well, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I can't give you what the word means, but I, I know exactly how to use it in context. Right. Is that like an Aussie thing? It's an Aussie yeah, it's thing. Aussie, yeah. It's an Aussie right. slang word. It's kind of like, you know, you don't, you can't really describe something. Oh, that's fair income, yeah? Like, I, I don't know, you've got a million other contexts you can use it in, oh. but... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to butcher this because a bunch of Aussies here that are going to mm -hmm. end up having a... So would you say like, you know, he is fair dinkum? Yes. Uh, he is fair dinkum? Yeah, yeah, he's fair dinkum. Like, he's, oh, he's, yeah. he's legit. He's so he's oh, he's good. <laughs> no, he's legit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's fair dinkum. Or, or yeah. if you hear something that's, um, you know, is really uh, mind-boggling, eh? Mind-boggling? Uh -huh. Fair dinkum, mate. Oh. You're yeah. like, yeah. really? Khair, khair, so yeah, it's got a lot of And is it context. the Aussies who say what, uh, what's something your uncle... We had Sheikh Sajid Amur on the podcast okay. as well, and me and him went through all the slang words. Okay. Like he, he couldn't understand. It's like, why did I say there's another Bob's shrimp on uncle, the barbie? Huh? Yeah, that and <laughs> shrimps on the barbie. He's like, you're going to have a shrimp on the barbie with Bob as your uncle or uh, something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, had his, he had his fair share of his dad uh. jokes, bro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we let him have that. But alhamdulillah, <coughs> it's, um, it's something that we, we use to kind of replace language because we're, we're very uh how do i say it lazy we're very lazy that's oh. the word so <laughs> <laughs> we're lazy when it comes <laughs> to language we're lazy people. <laughs> but yeah Sheikh, um also <coughs> what you did touch on before the podcast was you had uh, come across two of our podcasts and they happened to be around the topic everybody in the muslim woman loves to talk about which mm. is marriage yes and um you sp the funny enough there were two Polar opposites in, in, in regards yes. to videos. Yeah. <laughs> you watch the um we'll link them, but don't don't watch this the second one that I'm gonna talk about was one of them was everything you need to know before marriage. Well, that was uh, by Bilal Assad. Yeah, with yes, Sheikh Bilal, Bilal Assad, Assad, yes. And then the other one was do we overly prioritize marriage with a question mark? And it was a question and it was opinion shared. It was interesting. <laughs> 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 well, that was before he got married, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that was before he got married. Inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah. So um, I wanted to ask if you could bring that up again, inshallah, just for context so people could understand where we're coming from. Jade, so our visit here to Australia, uh, so we landed two days ago and we'll leave on Monday, inshallah. inshallah. Uh, it's entitled Healing Forward. Jade, Healing Forward. And so there's uh, an Al-Kothar course scheduled for Saturday entitled the A to Z of the Muslim family, right? Everybody's coming out of the uh, pose, uh, the uh, COVID uh, uh, 
pandemic, post-pandemic uh, situation. Uh, mashallah, you've got some marriages that have succeeded. It was a test. Some people were like cooped up in an apartment building, just two bedrooms. Husband and wife have never been together, stuck with each other for a long period of time like this year. It was, it was a test mm -hmm. for many marriages. Some have succeeded. Some marriages have broken down. There's many COVID babies around, Jaid. Uh, <laughs> So, so we thought that it would be good to have a course related to the family. And as you can see, the topics of your podcast, that marriage uh, is always uh, interesting. Yeah. Right? People always either want to get married, want to get out of a marriage. Uh, it's never constant. Yeah. There's always flux in it, etc. And uh, so, yeah, I did listen to your two podcasts, <laughs> uh, Polar Opposites, Alhamdulillah. The Bilal Asad one was very good. In that usual, you know, in advice and somebody's getting married, what you need to think about and stuff like this. And the... One year ago, one. <laughs> it was interesting. It was interesting. Jade, interesting. Out of the podcast, Jade. you said it was very good. So it's good he to say. This is one thing that I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, um, what was it again? You said the thing that you, said. You, you, you mentioned something like, I mean, you know, maybe if a guy is around 30, you know, yeah, okay, son, <laughs> you know, think about getting married. I mean, khair, uh, inshallah, to each their own. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, subhanAllah, the fitna out there, yeah. Jade, the fitna out there. I mean, I don't think I would survive uh, Jayid uh, staying unmarried up to the age of like 30 in today's mm. day and age uh, without falling into fitna. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it, there's a brother. A brother in Malaysia at one of the courses. He's uh, from some other country. He's studying there. And he comes, he's like 23 years old. He says, I need to get married. <laughs> Not I want. I need to get married. And you can see the fitna that's left, right, and center there. He's at university. There's girls who are wearing mini skirts and stuff like that. He says, it's a jihad. It's a major jihad. I don't know what to do. I've spoken to my father, my parents. They sent him some money for his studies. So he's thinking, I will put aside some of the money. I'll get a job on the side. I will get married to a Malaysian or one of the students there, etc. And I'll settle down and I'll, I'll get married. And at least, you know, I, I will be living in halal. He says, I contacted my father. My father said, I will send you some money, buy a ticket, go to Bangkok, get all of this out of your mind, and come back. <laughs> His father has somebody in mind <coughs> for him to get married. There's a family friend, that guy's daughter, that's the plan. Okay. That's who you need to get married to. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you think, who's the father here and who's the son? Who's the mature one and who's the adolescent? Mm. Uh, along the guy is willing to take on responsibility, take on a job while he's studying, uh, collect his savings, his study uh, money, uh, and put it towards looking after a family. And the father is, no, go, go for a holiday, do whatever you need to do, and khalas. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something that I'd noticed that was like advice that was surrounding us from the generation before us, was that like, get it all out of your system before you get married and then when you get married, you can settle down. And I'm just like, isn't that like counterproductive as a Muslim? Isn't that something that you wouldn't like, you wouldn't want to explore because when you actually get married, you look at you go, hang on, there's the options you looked at from before, before you got married, then you, now you're, you're solely with one person. Wouldn't that turn you off the, the marriage further? Besides the fact that, number one, it's haram. Yeah, right. obviously. Besides <laughs> the fact that it's haram, <laughs> how many a person has been burnt? How many a person has contracted this disease or that disease or this problem or that problem? How how many you know Allah save us? How many have passed away you know in the wrong place? Allah mustan, Chayyid, you're playing with fire now. Yeah, I think even you probably experienced this a lot with someone who is constantly producing content 
like videos, giving lectures. Sometimes you might say something and then six months to a year later, you learn something new and you change your opinion. But then someone listens to a video, you know, there's a lot of mashaykhs who posted a video 10 years ago. Yeah. People look now and say, look at this opinion. But he wasn't, he, he actually changed his opinion over time, but you don't see the video. So especially us with the marriage topic, us, I'm 23. Mm. I made the video and I'm 22. <coughs> there's, Before uh, you were married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not married. Lisa, oh, you're not married. Lisa, Lisa. Inshallah oh, okay. I, I grew up It's one of those things where Alhamdulillah like Over the years Each six months A young man changes his perspective On something Like first you might say I need a house Then you say I don't need a house I just need a good job And then you're You know Need a nice car I can live at home I can work here Your opinion keeps changing So that's the tough thing with Us We don't That was the only episode Out of a hundred We've spoken about marriage Just us Okay. And with guests, we only do it with sheikhs because you know. You mean you guys got flack for that episode? Well, we got some flack, I'll oh, be honest. Okay. But this this flack was expected flack. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just say that now. Yeah, alhamdulillah. As long as like we were very careful, like I, I made sure that I let people know before and after the thing. This is my opinion currently. Yeah, it could change. It couldn't change. Allahu alam. Yeah. And I'm safe to say now, one year and a half on, I have changed my mind. <laughs> 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 and now taking offers. No, 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 Sheikh. We've been speaking so much, Sheikh. You got a bigger beard. No, Sheikh. Fadl, Sheikh. I had my turn. I had my turn. But yes, you guys did mention some very important points in that sometimes the guy is 26, 27, he's 30 years old. He's just a big baby. Mm. Right, and he gets married. He doesn't know how to look after a woman and stuff like that. There, uh, uh, he doesn't really take responsibility with regards to himself. So all of those points, uh, you know, uh, uh, were obviously valid. Alhamdulillah. One mm. thing that I found, and this is something that I noticed from specifically my community, and this isn't me generalizing all of my community. There's some people that I know that had gone through the marriage process at the age of 18, 19, 20 years old. You know, they're still young, and you know, like you think, you know, it's a good thing, mashallah. You know, like. But their reasoning was, like you were saying with the other brother, is like, I need to get it out of my system or I need to find another avenue that's halal. And a lot of the times when, when those people genuinely do it, this could be obviously like very, this could be an anomaly, a very generalized situation. But a lot of times it ends in divorce two or three years later. Yeah, you know, and 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 Allahu alam what the reasoning is, but a lot of the time that kind of turns off somebody like us who kind of is a critical thinker, is already afraid to kind of get into those kinds of, you know, those those um, those agreements or those um those those responsibilities. So when I see somebody who goes in there going, okay, yeah, I'm doing it for this purpose, and you've heard him say it from their own mouth, you're like, uh, look what happened. I'm I'm not in the mood to get burnt like that, you know. So Allahu alam this is this is just me giving myself context. <laughs> what 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 I also didn't agree with uh, you guys. There was uh, in, in in that podcast something. There was the issue about marrying somebody older or younger, right? Okay, yeah. And then I think somebody mentioned, but you know, if like she's 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 like uh, more than four years younger, you know, she's like uh, we come from different generations, and uh, maybe it's too much of a gap, etc. Uh, I, I disagree with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, in fact, you can Google up. There's something w uh, something that some have recommended. I mean, at the end of the day, age is a number, and whatever works with you. Alhamdulillah. Rasulullah was 25. Khadija, famous opinion, she was she was 40. Other opinion, she was 28. Either way, she was older than him, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Prophet sallallahu when he passed away, Aisha radiallahu anha, she was only 18 years of age, right? Uh, so 
age whatever makes you happy inshallah but some have like recommended divide by two plus seven Jade, Google it. Jade, okay. divide <laughs> by two plus seven. Say that's like an appropriate age. So well, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm 23. Divide it <laughs> 11 and a half plus seven, 18 and a half. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the students that just graduated year 12. Mm. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Hey, some would be ready to go. Sure, that's situational. <laughs> so but I don't know. Like, they're just. <laughs> If you want some recommendations, talk to me after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Fair but uh, definitely. But like, also, also, I mean, marriage is one aspect to the Muslim family, right? Uh, I think yesterday there was a talk at the PGCC, PGCC, right? And uh, how many people have lost family members? I mean, if you talk about, yes, marriage, but the whole family as a whole. I mean, my, uh, my cousin, my first cousin, uh, she passed away due to COVID. Oh, yeah. My mother's brother... He passed away uh, during the pandemic, not necessarily because of COVID, but he was scheduled to have a, a bypass operation. But because of the pandemic, the hospitals were inundated, so they pushed back his appointment. And every time they pushed back, and subhanAllah, qadarallah, he had a heart attack and he passed away, subhanAllah. Right? And so post-pandemic, you know, we make shukr for the family members that we still have, the fact that we're still alive. We make shukr. Them. I mean, at the end of the day, brother, you have a wife. You know, you've got kids, somebody out there, there's a woman, like one sister, she writes, she says, I'm now almost 40 years old, that which I am wishing for, that which I am dying to hear, are the words mama. I just want to, you know, I want to have a kid. She, she's not married, she doesn't have a kid. I just want to hear those words. She feels she's got her own insecurities, inadequate, etc. She feels that, you know, she doesn't have a kid. I mean... Make shukar for whatever you have. Yeah. Make shukar for whatever you have. Value whatever you have. There was actually a lecture that I heard from a sheikh. I can't remember which sheikh it was recently. And he spoke about how blessings, all blessings that you have, have a time limit. They have a timer on them. So in, in, in when you're focusing on the one blessing that you don't have and you're stressing, for example, somebody's stressing out about, I'm not married yet, I'm not married yet. The, the time is ticking on your parents. The time is ticking on your health. Yeah. The time is ticking on your wealth, you know. And Subhanallah made me think. It's like, well, like, what, like, what, what can you be stressed for if you're living in the moment and you understand, like, like this moment here that I have, like, even the moment here, like us yeah, having yeah, the podcast yeah. and speaking to you, I understand that this, this could, this could be could be the last moment. The last moment, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 so yeah. it's like you want to be in the moment and cherish what's actually happened, what's available to you, because this is a nama above all things, and we. I guess we understand that when we're doing the podcast, subhanAllah. Allah says, وَقَلِيلٌ مِّنْ عِبَادِيَ الشَّكُورٌ And very few of His servants, they are thankful. Mm -hmm. right? Because when we're drowning in favors and ni'am and good times and all of this, it's very easy to forget. Mm. But when you're going through tough times, that's when you know you make sabr and this and that, etc. But when you, sometimes the test of shukr is heavier and tougher than the test of sabr. Test of sabr, you got no choice. You have to make the sabr. Scream, okay. die, whatever. You still have to bear it. Whereas shukr, min shakur, yes. I, I saw yesterday you touched on what women really want. And that was the topic. I'm not too sure. You, you might want to <laughs> just tell people to go listen to that podcast. But I thought it could be good if we hear a couple of them and maybe touch on here about what men really want. Because that's something, yeah, yeah. like, I can't talk about what women want. You're an expert, you can... No, I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm not an expert, not an expert. Uh, uh, the topic was uh, forced upon me. It was not my oh. choice. <laughs> I even asked the brothers, I said, what do women really want? In what respect? Uh, in the workplace? Out of a marriage? 
uh, in a family, as a daughter, you know, in the bedroom. What exactly are you talking about, Jayid? Mm-hmm. We kept it uh, generic, or rather, we kept it uh, we kept it to the to the marriage, Jayid, to the marriage. And there's a very good article in the Al Kothar course uh, A to Z of Love and Mercy. We added this article to the course notes. It's uh, how to score big with women. That's the title of the article, yeah, right? Allah. How to score <laughs> big with women. Uh, Google it. Our uh, listeners are uh, Googling it right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good article. We're going to link uh, it. Yeah. It's on Muslim Matters. And uh, the sister who wrote it, uh, her name is uh, Hala Banani. Right? She's a uh, uh, Muslim uh, therapist now for like, I think, maybe 30 years. She does uh-huh. marriage counseling and all of this here. Alhamdulillah, uh, she's a psychologist. Uh, so she's got experience, plus she's got the academics behind her. So she put this together. She says after like years and years and years of uh, marital counseling, uh, these are like six uh, points that I have gathered, I've harnessed and summarized in terms of the complaints of many women, mm-hmm. right? And then she's also got another article, uh, How to Win the Heart of Your Husband, where she talks about from a man's perspective, Jayid. Generally, three things the guy wants. Right? As, as one brother, he mentioned yesterday, he says that, where's the topic for the guys? Uh, I said, well, these guys, uh, these brothers organized <laughs> the program, not me. He says, well, at, re- at the end of the day, guys are simple. Jayid, they just want three things. Number one, he wants respect, 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 Jayid. Number two, he wants food. And number three, he wants sex. <laughs> Jayid, those are the three. Uh, if he's got those three, uh, khair, barakah. <laughs> uh, and so the sister, she also added to that uh, from the work of, uh, I forgot the author, but uh, Men Are From Mars, Women John Are Gray. From Venus. Yeah, uh, that's a good book. And then the other one, The Five Love Languages. Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman, Jayid. Uh, favorite reading. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna put, co- put, put like a halo <laughs> up his head. Yeah. Uh, well, these are all his books, isn't it? No, yeah. it's probably here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's on your left. This is, oh this is all because his father in law is watching. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll try it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so, so, so those three are good works. And then she summarizes matters into uh, number one, the matter of communication and compassion, and the woman, uh, she requires this uh, affection and love. Uh, etc. So that's number one. Then she talks about sexual intimacy. Uh, then she talks about uh, financial stress. Right? The woman is looking for security. Uh, uh, matters of compassion, maybe for example, the husband is uh, too rigid. Right? He's like a dictator in the house. Everybody's busy talking and this and that and happy. When the father comes home, خلاص, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. quiet and silent, etc. So she discusses uh, these points here and then she elaborates on them. It's a good article, inshallah. So that's what we had discussed uh, last night, alhamdulillah. Beautiful. There's one question that I have in regards to, like, just before you're about to get married or you get to know someone, yeah? And this might not be a part of the topic that you were just discussing about what most women want and whatever, but it's something that's, I think, uh, like, been on the mind of a lot of people, mm. especially going through the process of getting to know someone. It's like, is there is there a feeling you're supposed to get? Or is there supposed to be some sort of a... You know, a sign from Allah SWT that this person is the one? Or is it based off of solely like a checklist? Like, is there, like, you choose, like, I remember Sheikh Bilal was telling us, you choose your problems, yeah? Right. So you what you can <laughs> do with what you can't deal with, you, you, you rank them, and then you look at the person that you're with, and, and you go, okay, okay, she doesn't touch on any of these things. So I'll let you discuss. 
there's no uh, one set answer for a question like this, right? Mm-hmm. A guy, get, you guys were talking about soulmate and love on f- love at first sight, <laughs> etc. Obviously, your podcast is fresh in my mind, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and yes, I mean, some people, you know, he he met the girl and خلاص, he was head over heels. He just wanted her, etc. Jay, there was that attraction. So the guy, he loves what he's attracted to. Uh, he's he's drawn to the physical, right? And uh, Um, so that's very important to him. He he loves what he's attracted to. Whereas the woman, many a times, uh, she will be attracted to what she loves. She'll be attracted to the person that she loves. So there has to be that connection. The guy complains that, you know what, my wife, uh, in the bedroom, things are not lively and I want some variety and this and that, etc., etc. But if she's completely disconnected from him emotionally, mm-hmm. nothing going to happen there. For him... It would be fine. You know, he can perform <laughs> under all circumstances, inshallah, right? Yeah. You know, whatever. They just had an argument. You know, he's, he's fine with that. Whereas with her, if there's no, that the connection is not there because she's attracted to the one that uh, she loves. Whereas he loves what he is attracted to. Prophet said when the man came and he said, he's planning to marry somebody. Did you see her? Did you see her? I had a friend in Medina. He got married to his wife and he never saw her. She <laughs> he's nikah done. He's married to her. It works for people. Alhamdulillah, khair, right? Uh, he says, "No, my mother and my sister saw her, and that suffices." And Subhanallah, he's married. He's probably got five kids now and happily married, etc. Jaid and somebody else lived with his wife for like five years, and then they tied the knot and they got divorced after one month. Allah mustaan, Jaid. kulli hal. But uh, is there a set answer f- with regards to that question? Absolutely not, yeah. right? Uh, is there some sort of feeling? Same with Salatul Istikhara. You made Salatul Istikhara. Are you supposed to have some fancy dream or this or that or traffic lights or something? No, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> you, you make dua to Allah that if, if this decision to marry Sumeya is the right decision, then you make it easy for me, facilitate it. And if mm-hmm. it's wrong, then keep me away. And similarly, Sumeya, she makes the same dua, etc. Jayid. Uh, and yes, a Prophet Sallallahu says, and the best cure like for those who are in love is to get married. So somebody, he really loves somebody. He really likes her. He really wants her. She wants him, etc. Make nikah. Because hmm. you just used the term love before marriage. Hmm. And I know on Sunday night, uh, Mustafa said the, the common phrase, there's no such thing as love before marriage. Hmm. Obviously us, we're not married. We don't know. Really, we just get like those cute little feelings, you know what I mean? So, how about, could you touch on that? Because now you're quoting a... Jayid. Uh, now, now uh, let's say there's two high school students. Jayid, they're both uh, 17, 18 years old, right? And he likes her, she likes him, he says, I love you, and she says, I love you, etc. Maybe, whatever you want to call it, but they have this... You know, like, like like this magnet with regards to one another. They have this attraction. They have this lust. Call it whatever you want to call. But each one wants to be in the other one's company 24-7, etc. That which many married couples might not even have. You're going to now dig now. Well, now, now let's do an academic discussion. Is this really love? <laughs> Jane, it's a feeling now. Jane, I want her. She wants me. We want each other. Khalas, Jane, the way out, the halal way out. Now, should you have gotten involved in this, etc.? Obviously not. As a mother, she said to her daughter, daughter's like 16 years old. She says to her daughter, my daughter, my advice to you is that when you are ready to get married, etc., tell me and inshallah we will then look around and stuff like this. But don't get involved in a haram relationship. Even if it's not physical. 
it's writing letter to him and he's writing back and SMS and WhatsApp and this and that, etc. You you are investing so much of your emotions into it. How many a girl, how many a guy, the mother is saying, I've been there, done that, and it's not worth it. Mm. Before your father, I liked somebody. When I was 17, I loved this guy and I wanted to get married to him and he came home and he proposed and my father said, absolutely not. And his parents had an issue and we went through turmoil for like one and a half years. And I promised to marry him and I'll never marry anybody else and he's the only guy. You know, the usual uh, Romeo-Juliet kind of thing. And they went through turmoil, turmoil, turmoil. She said, nights I used to go to sleep and I'm crying and crying and crying and all of this here. Fast forward, two years later, that guy got married to somebody else. He lived happily ever after. He's got kids, etc. I met your father. Now I make shukr to Allah that Allah didn't accept my dua. Allah gave me what was better for me. And not and, and it's a I make shukr to Allah, you didn't answer my dua. Jayid, mm-hmm. that, that guy compared to your father, your father is a million times better. So my daughter, my advice is don't get involved in this type of haram relationship because sometimes, many a times, the punishment and the adab is in the haram relationship itself. Mm-hmm. You're crying and you bought him the gift and you sent a WhatsApp and he hasn't replied and he saw two ticks but he still didn't reply and it's been three days <laughs> and you saw him on a certain group, etc. and he's chatting there but he hasn't replied to you and you checked him on his Instagram and he posted, yeah, Allah, look at the misery. Jay, it, it's already a headache. Uh, the headache is in it. So avoid it. 100%. Yeah, Allah, I'm um, What I wanted to... Okay, I want to change <laughs> topics because I know that we, our, 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 our trajectory wasn't towards marriage today, but you brought it up and you started right, shooting right. bullets at us. Right, right. <laughs> so I was like, Khalas, we have to make sure that we... But in closing, we would say that if you have a happy marriage, then walhamdulillah, that's like you are tasting, inshallah, part of your jannah on earth. Yeah. I think it was Imam Ghazali who said, like, you know, when the guy uh, ejaculates, that's like the closest feeling that you could get to the hereafter, to the pleasures of the hereafter, etc. Right? Uh, Prophet said that uh, this dunya is a pleasure, and the best of what the dunya has to offer is Mar'atu Saliha, a pious, righteous, good wife. Right? Coolness of your eyes. You look at her, you are pleased, you are happy, you are content. She looks at you, she looks at him, she's pleased, she's happy, she's content. Outside the world is uh, disarray and there's issues and there's problems and all of that there. And uh, it's a ni'mah of Allah. Ni'mah of Allah if, if Allah gifts you uh, a good wife, alhamdulillah. And similarly, a good husband. Similarly, a good husband, Jayid. Uh, that's, that's why it's half of Iman. Jayid, it's half of Iman. If we talk about ummah building, you're not going to have a strong ummah until you have a strong community. You can't have a strong community until strong society. No strong society until you have strong families. Mm. Jayid, until you have strong marriages. Jayid. And we know the divorce rate and all of this. And we probably could talk until Fajr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you actually gave me the perfect segue to my next question. Because yeah, I've well. noticed that there's kind of like a, um, there's a war on traditional family values. Mm. And you can kind of see it. It's, it's not... It's not something that's very subtle anymore. It's very we're getting inundated basically, and um, I wanted to ask you because obviously you're doing the A to Z, what a family should be like and so on. Like, what would you say is the best way to counteract, you know, what's going on currently in North? In in, in what aspect? In I mean, this week I think it was, uh, what's this pig program? The kids watch. Pepper pig. Pepper pig. So they've <laughs> announced there's a, uh, there's a. There's a uh, Mr. 
Peppa Pig and Mr. Peppa Pig, right? There's a new mm. version, right? Imagine. Now, Peppa Pig is, uh, inshallah, yeah. I know many, many kids watch it. Alhamdulillah, my kids, you know, Allah saved them. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Out of, I mean, I, I've seen uh, some family members, etc. the kid watching that. Out of all stuff, you know, the pig? <laughs> I mean, couldn't there be a cow or, you, you know, maybe a rabbit or something? Why had, Why did it have to be a pig? Now it's even, a, you know, Mr. Pig and Mr. Pig. Mushkilat, right? Allah mustaim. So <laughs> when you talk about uh, to push for traditional conservative values yeah. uh, and, and, and the opposite uh, end of the spectrum, what exactly are you talking about? Like it, It's so wide. So, um, so this the I mean, like marriage itself. Yeah. Marriage itself is not the norm today mm-hmm. in many societies. Mm-hmm. Getting married is not the norm. Uh, and maybe that's why you find like I saw the other brother, this, I think, uh, Somali brother, in the previous podcast, he was quoting Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson, <laughs> right? <laughs> he got his name wrong there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, in that podcast. Anyway, uh, so like uh, Jordan Peterson has, uh, you know, skyrocketed to fame. Uh, what's the other guy? Tate. Uh, Andrew, Tate. Andrew Tate. And uh, uh, what's the other Zionist guy, Ben, ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, yeah. and these guys, because they are pushing for at least the traditional conservative values. We don't agree with them and everything. Obviously, we, we don't agree on everything, right? Uh, but uh, they obviously have found an audience. Uh, there's an audience out there that resonates with what they were saying, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely, and yeah. especially in in the face of the madness that we find from the other side. Allah mm. Mustaj, right? Yeah, that, that, that's that's exactly what I wanted to touch on because. Like we said, when there's when there's something that happens, there's an equal and opposite reaction, you know, and there's something that's going to hit the other side of the spectrum. So for me, um, what I would love to know is like, cause there's kind of like this whole movement in regards to like, uh, Butaimi was talking about it. How the way there's kind of like the feminist movement, and in and in retaliation to that, there's the red pill movement. Yes, you know, there's the movement where guys are saying, "Hang on, what does the girl offer me?" What is it? And you realize that you're both fighting the same battle, and you're kind of like. If anything, you're just you're, you're playing devil's advocate for both sides. So you're not really helping anything on your end or on their end. So it's like, how do we kind of like counteract this thought process and kind of like don't let that stuff into the household and make this a me versus you type of war? <laughs> Jayid, uh, from two aspects, from two angles, inshallah. Number one, from the angle of the head of the family. And then we're on something called the Imam Development Program. And so from an Imam's perspective, inshallah, Jayid, as the head of the family, at the end of the day, you are the shepherd of the home. Jayid, uh, as Sheikh Yasser Qadi says, that my mission is to preserve Islam for the next generation. My grandfather, your grandfather, super great-grandfather, probably it never crossed his mind whether would my grandkids be Muslim or not? I think they took it for granted. It was mm. not something he was thinking about. You know, 100% my grandkids are you know, going to be Muslim. Whereas I've got, well, my fifth kid on the way, inshallah, right? And, I, and, and that's something that we, thi- uh, we think about, Jayid. My kids, inshallah, they die upon iman. My grandkids, etc. I, I, I hope, Jayid. So that's our mission, to ensure that Islam is preserved to the next generation. The Islam, which was understood by the Sahaba of the Prophet wasallam, not some other type of Islam, etc., etc., Jayid. And everyone is a product of the environment, why? For what reason would they play around with Peppa Pig? 
Peppa Pig is being watched by kids who are three years old and uh, four years old and stuff. Why? Why not keep it for, you know, adults and you want to change stuff in Hollywood? Keep it for that age. But why? Because the environment, you're a product of your environment. And so the brainwashing needs to start from a young age. Mm. Similarly, uh, somebody had sent me last week uh, one of the Jurassic Park. Uh, so there's like a cartoon version of Jurassic Park, a series or something. And in there, there's some, you know, lesbian scene there. Right? Two kids, two, two, two girls, right? And, and why? What reason would you put it there for something that five-year-olds watch? Yep. There's a, there's a book in the UK, My Cha-Cha is, my cha-cha is Gay. Right? There's a kiddie's book, My Cha-Cha is Gay. Cha-Cha is basically like the Indian Pakistan uncle. Cha-Cha is your uncle. My uncle is gay and you know you have different types of families and this and that, etc., etc. Right? Now, obviously, we are not, uh, uh, I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a case study in the course this weekend of a Muslim guy. He's uh, gotten uh, familiar with the imam and uh, he's been confiding in the imam. And so he's married and he's got two kids. And he comes to the imam and he says, Yeah, imam, I've got same-sex desires and I don't know what to do. So I, I, I've been struggling with this here for the past uh, <coughs> few good months, etc. True case study, right? And now, wh wh what exactly do I do? And how do I deal with this matter? Right? Mm. In South Africa, in Cape Town, we have an imam who studied overseas, etc., returned back to South Africa, got married, got a few kids and then he came out now he's he's got a he's got a masjid they call it the masjid ghuraba right the strangest masjid right the, oh right? they've got an organization called al fatiha right uh, do we agree with that obviously we don't agree with that now this guy here who's struggling with this matter you say well people have different struggles right it doesn't mean now you can uh, uh, express uh, whatever you are feeling in terms of these desires. Mm. Uh, many of us have different desires. Somebody sees a beautiful girl walking down the street, he's got certain desires. Doesn't mean you can go and act out those desires and stuff like that. And also, mm. and I am sure, I haven't checked, uh, I think you guys said 80% of the stats are incorrect. <laughs> 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 you see how fresh it is? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jayid, uh, uh, so many people there's certain fetishes out there and certain desires. Had the person not been exposed uh, to it via his environment, it would never cross his mind. Mm. Never, ever cross his mind. I mean, there's an old mas'ala. We would say it's an old mas'ala. Like, for example, uh, you know, the matter of oral sex, not between husband and wife. So you find in different courses, this matter comes up and stuff like this, right? And uh, if you go and ask some of the mashayikh in Pakistan, some of the mashayikh in Saudi, etc., some of our teachers, he, he's a 70-year-old sheikh. He said, what are you talking? I mean, his response would be, what are you talking? How can you, how can you even ask that question? Awudhu billah. You know, what kind of a thing, what, what's in your brain for you to even think that? Look at that. What's in your brain to even think that? That's like something, you know, maybe an animal would go do because of his environment. Because of his environment. But the environment in Melbourne, in Sydney, in Durban, South Africa is a very different environment. Right? What these people are exposed to is different from that guy there. Right? So he's limited and in his thinking or whatever, in his options or whatever you want to call it, based upon his environment. It's not even an option on the table. Mm. But for others, because they're seeing it, that's the least of the issues. Right? For others, that's the least of the issues. Right? Environment is so important. The Prophet ﷺ, the man who killed 100 people. What did the Prophet ﷺ say? 
that the, 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 you know I mean what what did what did that alim what did the alim advise him? Alim said uh, obviously Toba is open for you. You make Toba. Uh, the, 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 the Jahil Abid said to him, you kill 99 people, there's no Toba for you. <laughs> it's all end for you. Jahannam, straight you go. He said, make it 100 and he killed that guy, right? <laughs> then he went to an alim. Doors of Toba are open until the sun rises from the opposite direction. You can make Toba, but you should also leave your environment. Go some other place. Jade, this environment is not conducive for you. You find that so many a person, uh, he was involved in whatever and then he went with Jamaat al-Tabliq. Right, just because of the change of environment. He's now in a masjid, going from masjid to masjid, praying five daily salah in the masjid, etc. 40 days or four months or whatever, go more than that, inshallah. Right? But the environment he was, you know, most people when they go and study, almost every sheikh that you might have, etc., he left his normal environment, went to a different environment so that it was conducive for his studies. Right? Musa alayhi salam and his travels in study and all of this here. So at the end of the day, we are products of our environment. You are what you eat. You are what you consume. Mm. Right? What, what would you say? What would you recommend for someone who is married, has the kids, like you said, the person, the case study on the weekend that you're going to go through. So the person has that um, desire and they're a product of the environment. Should they move overseas? What should they do? Oh, like, no. do oh, no, oh, but do you get the, oh, oh. the yes, circumstances? Yes, yes. Like the environment, yeah. sometimes it's... For, for now there what we mean by environment <laughs> is not necessarily what's happening around him. It's what he's consuming. Mm. Our environment today is mostly on our phone. Mm-hmm. That's our environment. Jayid, people are sitting in their homes. Jayid, I mean, soon they'll be in the metaverse, etc. Right? He's in his house. But his environment is everything. What's what he's consuming? What's on Netflix? What's his? You know, in the old days, you know, could give your phone to somebody and he could watch something on YouTube. But now, all our recommendations are based upon uh, our algorithms, our, our our behavior. Now, you don't want people to you know even see you know. Uh, uh, no, I uh, just some recommendation. But that recommendation came up because of what you've been viewing, etc. Right? Mm. So you know, keep it a secret, etc. <laughs> That's our environment. Uh, Netflix and YouTube and this and that, etc. And social media and Instagram and TikTok, etc. That's the environment. How many a kid, that's all that he consumes. Mm. Uh, that's all he consumes. He's sitting in the room, but where his mind is and what he's watching. I mean, my, inshallah, inshallah, my son, my daughter, I don't think I'm going to give them uh, a mobile phone to be their own that they can sit in the room until 18 or something of the sort. Uh, uh, how, how strong I will be, I don't know. But right now, that's my intention. As you <laughs> say, people change. I but that's agree. my intention, Jayid. Mm. Um, whether the girl, she's an alima, she's a, uh, you know studying in a girl's madrasa or something, whatever. Fitna, shaitan. I mean, probably shaitan. Maybe in you know na- the year nineteen hundred when he had his annual general you know meeting, <laughs> uh, he had his AGM. You know what's our plan for the next two hundred years, etc. He probably never thought that he could be doing what he's currently doing. Yep. You know, guys in the masjid, he's got free Wi-Fi from the masjid, and he's watching haram, and he's doing this, and he's doing that, and you got, uh, uh, you know, you're making tawaf around the Kaaba, and there's uh, Rihanna music uh, r- ringing there on somebody's cell phone, and even Shaitan probably. I remember when I was in Medina, like one guy, his cell phone, in, in near the grave of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and you know this, uh, what's it, Santa Claus, what uh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, this thing is going on there, right, on his cell phone. I'm thinking like, you know, Shaitan probably never in his wildest imagination thought <laughs> I would be able to get jingle bells here at the haram next to the grave of the Rasul But it's reality. Huh? So with all of that uh, comes also, inshallah, opportunity. 
that yes, times are tough and times are difficult. For us, inshallah, is the reward of 50. Jayid, 50 of the Sahaba, inshallah. And it's uh, like one brother was mentioning recently uh, on the Mad Mamluks podcast, they had Uwemir Anjum. And he was talking about like many of the classical works of Islam. Many of them were published in the last 100 years. Jayid, these books that we, we like Ibn Taymiyyah's Majmu, Majmu Fatawa, etc. For centuries, you know, you had manuscripts here and manuscripts there, but it was not in the hands of the ordinary scholar out there. Jaid, Tafsir Ibn Kathir and this one and that one. Some people had. It wasn't, you never had the printing press and mass printing of all of these things, Jaid. He says, in reality, this is like a great ni'mah, this is like a renaissance that's happening in that, in that arena that uh, scholars of the past never had access to. So that's a fantastic thing mm. that's happening in our age. Well, alhamdulillah. And there's many other opportunities. There's many, yes. You know, the guy was like practicing uh, 10 years ago. He's you know, fully fledged practicing, you know, Muslim, etc. Right? All of this here. And then for whatever reason, uh, he's uh, dwindled down and his fizz has gone down, etc. Jayid. So that's only more opportunity for the rest of us, inshallah, that the reward is greater for us. Somebody is, uh, has to, you know, hold fort, mm. uh, as one scholar mm -hmm. he said. He said that just like in battle on the front line, when you are in a trench, Salim Mawla Abi Hudayfa, he said, when somebody said, you know, you just manning this trench here on your own, you know, what if the enemy comes from this side? He said, and what a waste of time, Hafiz of Quran, I would be if they're able to attack from my angle. From my oh, side. Oh, what a waste yeah. of time half is I would be if I can't stand my ground here and fend them off. Jade, my job. This is my trench. I got it here. Jade, you know, he owns it. He basically, he's owning it, right? And in many things, a Muslim organization, masjid, this, that, etc. You, you know, you, you look for those people who when he takes something, he owns it. Khalas, you know, he's got it. He's owned it. Alhamdulillah, Jade. Like that. That's what, I mean, where are we going, Yamashaykh? That's why when Omar, when Omar, when they said to him, when Omar said, wish, wish for gold and silver and this and that and all of these things, etc. And we see it in the Imam Development Program. Uh, and when they ask Umar, what do you wish for? I wish for a room here, not full of rubies and diamonds and this, but but human beings, but men, jahid men, like Salim Mawla, Abi Hudayfa, and Ubay, and you know, these guys, Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah. I want a room full of people like that. Mm. Sheikh Ahmed did that in South Africa. Uh, inshallah, you guys know Ahmed. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. I just came from a uh, youth uh, program, etc. I said, uh, you know, the two famous South Africans, you guys know. So some of them knew Nelson Mandela, some of them knew him. Yeah. And then there was only one person who was like 40, 50 years old who knew uh, Sheikh Ahmed Dida. So Sheikh Ahmed Dida, he passed away. Yeah. Was there anyone that really filled his shoes? Well, in South Africa? No. Maybe Zakir Naik, you want to say, okay, but he's in India, etc. <laughs> oh, we got two people in the world? Mm. How sad that would be, Chayid? Mm. Allah understand, Chayid. So we need to do work and we need to own the situation. And if others are falling, there's more responsibility upon us to make sure that we hold that fort. So that scholar, he said, if you are involved in some Islamic work or whatever it might be, you should think about it in terms of holding that trench, being the person in that fort. Because if you leave it, who's going to take place? Nobody, then you have to stand there. It's your duty. You're not allowed to leave it. You were not told, you, it was not a must for you to take on that responsibility and come there. You could have been sleeping. But the fact that you came now, now you have to hold the fort until you can give the bait into somebody else. Definitely. definitely. I think the way you're looking at it. Yeah, honestly, like if, if you think about it as well, it kind of attests to your manhood as well. 
it kind of puts your masculinity to the test. It's like you, you've 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 chosen this responsibility, you know. Yeah, be a man. Take it on, which is my next question, because <laughs> there's there's a whole there's a whole social media storm at the moment with a brother by the name of not brother, a <laughs> bloke by the name of um, Andrew Tate. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of the things that's surrounding him is that he's teaching a lot of young men how to sorry a lot of young boys to become men, and he has. His ideals of what a high value man is, and this is a question that we've asked a couple guests before. We would like to get their perspective because there there are a bunch of uh, uh, of young young men who want to know what it really is, what it, what what the qualities and traits of a real high value man are. Ahlan wa sahlan. Number one, I'm not an expert on Andrew Tate. Jayid, <laughs> I'm not an expert on him. Yes, I have watched some of his videos, etc., that came up on my uh, uh, recommended list or whatever it might be. I've watched some of it, and uh, I enjoyed many of his videos. Jayid, obviously, some stuff that we disagree with. You know, uh, uh, I think there was one lady who also made a video. She said, I met with him and I sat with him. I had dinner with him and, you know, he was not like a jerk. Uh, sometimes uh, he portrays himself out to be with regards to women. You know, he, he treated me very respectfully and this and that, etc. So do you know who that was? It was Jordan Peterson's daughter. It was Jordan she went daughter? to Romania. Oh, she did oh. a whole podcast and that's why. Just okay, uh, okay, okay. So anyway, I'm not an expert with him and I haven't watched all of his videos and stuff. But reality is, uh, does whatever he say resonate with many people? Yes, it does. Jayid. Is it because of the feminist uh, onslaught from the other side? Maybe. Allahu A'lam. Jayid. Uh, also, there's so many men out there that they're like, afraid to even you know, be a man. Jayid. He's, he's like a boy. He's masculated. Mushkila. Allahu Mustaan. Jayid. So I don't have a clear answer with regards to that uh, yeah. question. Allahu A'lam. I've noticed that yeah, a lot of shiuk they don't, they don't have it. It's, it's tough because if you give an answer on what it means to be a high-value man, it's like you can literally... It's just like if you ask someone what's your favorite book or what's your favorite quote, it's like or what's your biggest life lesson. It's like people for, for 10 years would just talk about Ustaz Bilal Ismail said this or Sheikh Bilal said this and it will go on. So it's a very hard thing to do. Yeah. I think the reason why a lot of people sometimes... You know, a lot of people have this discussion. They don't have the role models. They don't know about Abu Ubaid ibn al-Jarrah. They don't know about Umar al-Khattab. And sometimes, like you said about the printing press and the knowledge that's actually accessible in English in books isn't that much. Like there's a 600-page book on Umar ibn al-Khattab. A lot of people aren't going to read that. So they have to go to the YouTube videos. But then the YouTube videos are hour long. The frequency of young people listening to Yasir Qadi's 10 episodes on Abu Ubaidah or Umar ibn al-Khattab isn't isn't high mm. it's too long and that's why because andrew tate and a lot of the other people even ben shapiro or jordan Pierce, you get them in short glimpses mm. which is how our attention span is you take more in of them and that's the unfortunate thing where we have to actually if we do want to gain the knowledge you have to put effort a lot more effort and like shaitan makes it easier to be distracted and entertained through these other okay, having said that do you really think somebody you know he watched andrew tate and andrew tate said you know be like this with the woman and you know whatever etc now he's actually gonna go out there and treat his wife in that manner i don't think so i don't think so so sometimes maybe we over inflate the negativity also oh but you know he, he said so so what is it gonna be acted out you know I, i'm gonna treat you in this manner because andrew tate said xyz <laughs> I don't think so, especially if he's a muslim guy and he's hearing you know be good prophet said okay. that the best are those who do who, who are best to their wives etc and i'm the best to my wife and stuff like this here jayid uh could you touch on i think you one of your lectures is going to be raising kids in the west and I think our audience is a bit... Raising kids will be in a couple of years. But one of the things so how touched on before is the traditional household. And 
we we come from like some of our parents, the uh, the traditional household. Some were different. You know, both of our mums worked, mm. and then some of our friends they're like, I would never let my wife work, mm. and then we hear this and we're like. We grew up in a household where our sisters work, yeah. our mum works, and that's just the normal thing. And it's one of those things where in the West, there's no one way to do things because we all come from South Africa or Lebanon or all these different countries, and we come with our different approaches to things. So maybe could you touch on um, the ideal, um, we'll say, gender roles and household um, formation in the, the West? Ideal? Maybe not ideal. All subjective matters. All subjective matters, Jayid. So there's a husband and wife, both of them are working, alhamdulillah, they look after their kids, uh, they are responsible, excellent, mashallah, it's working for them, alhamdulillah, Jayid. Mm-hmm. Uh, an- another one, uh, he prefers that his wife be at home, Jayid, uh, maybe there's a guy where his wife works and he's at home, Jayid. Ala kulli hal, you know, whatever makes you happy, inshallah. Uh, but what has been the traditional family setup from the time of Adam alayhi salam until today? What has been the traditional setup? Traditional setup has been that the man, he is the provider, he goes out, he works, he struggles, uh, struggles and he strives, etc. to make sure that he puts bread on the table. And the wife, her, she's the first madrasa. She's the first madrasa, especially the ages between uh, uh, birth and four years of age. Very, very important. Uh, my, my wife, my mum, uh, they were traditional uh, mums at home. Right, traditional housewives, and, and 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 my wife. I don't think she would uh, she would prefer anything besides that. She's she's happy in that role. Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah. Right. So whatever works for you, inshallah. Okay. Right. I think it would be good to touch on. I think before you said there was a sister who was forty years old, mm-hmm. and she yearns for someone to call. Her mum, you know, and I was watching some videos online and it's the same kind of thing where sometimes a lot of sisters or would you say the the female industry, they push the get a job, don't get married. And then we had some people that actually messaged us on our Instagram talking about um, how in our episode with Sheikh Bilal, we didn't talk about uh, women's age with fertility. Okay. And how likely they are to have kids at certain ages. And if you delay marriage, it becomes harder and stuff like that. So I think it's sometimes we push a narrative where it's like go be established in your field and then because of that, they don't prioritize the family. And then later on, Allah alam, my um, network or group, my environment isn't, you know, ladies in their 30s, 40s. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one of those things where they might regret and say, I wish I had more kids earlier started. Is that something that happens frequently? I'm sure, Jayid. I mean, isn't loneliness like a, a major problem today? Right, so many people at the age of 60, 70, 80, speaking to a brother yesterday, he works at one of these uh, care centers for the old. Right? He was telling me like there's people there, 60, 70, family has abandoned them. Right? Uh, the only time the family comes to visit is on Father's Day and on Christmas Day. It's the only time the, you know, the, the kids visit the father is on Father's Day. And on Christmas Day, Allah Mustafa, and he mentions that the one guy he's got Alzheimer's, he's only sixty years old. Allah Mustafa, he was a lawyer, he was this, he was that, etc. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala save us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, I mean if, if there's a sister out there and she she different case if you know Qadr of Allah, you tried your level best, you was wanted to get married and this and that never worked out for whatever reason, etc. Qadr of Allah, uh, you know that's in the hands of Allah and. Uh, uh, but where you, your own choice, no, I need to further this thing and I need to get my master's, I need to get my doctorate. Uh, the sister, she's got so many degrees now, mashallah, it's like wallpaper, Jayid. And uh, then later on, she can't fall pregnant for whatever reason. Mm. Who are you going to blame after that? Mm. Jayid, who are you going to blame after that? 
Alhamdulillah. I guess what I'm hearing from all of this is there's no one size fits all. Of course. For anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like in like in many of the Arab countries, you have many sisters. You know, this misyar type of marriage, uh, where uh, Sheikh, we haven't uh, your your wisdom. You know, you haven't been dropping wisdom, your wisdom, <laughs> Sheikh. <laughs> I had my turn. I'm I'm, I'm wisdom. <laughs> Uh, I mean, generally the brothers they feel the bigger beard, you know, the more wisdom. No, 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 no it's not, not true. Huh? <laughs> I mean, generally you find that the brothers, when it comes to salah time, you know, they just look around who's got the biggest beard. You know, he must go forward <laughs> <laughs> for salah. Yeah. Or the guy wearing a thobe, like you know, he must go <laughs> forward. They have a joke about people who have big beards and they don't really practice religiously. Uh. It's called the Velcro beard. The Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hang on a second. You're not subscribed. Me a favor, run that mouse or your finger to the bottom there, click that subscribe button, turn on that notification bell as well. Thank you. So, but the one, one brother he told me, uh, you know what, I'm struggling, but I have a big beard. Why? He says, because it prevents me from going to certain places that I shouldn't be. Okay. So just because I have this big beard, I feel like shy, I'm ashamed, uh, you know, too uh, embarrassed to go yeah. to certain places that if I didn't, you know, I would be there. Yeah. Right? So Alhamdulillah, that, that, that's uh, helping you. Yeah. Khair, inshallah, whatever works for you. <laughs> right? Anyway, uh, what were we talking about, Doctor? It was your... The one-size-fits-all stuff. Okay. But yes. I wanted to hear about your Imam development program because I've... Okay. You said that's 99% of what you try yes, to talk yes, about yes, and preach, yes, but yes. I've never heard of it. So. Oh, <laughs> so google up imam dp imam development program and you'll find all of the details there inshallah so after i had returned from medina was teaching with the al Kothar institute and we found that many imams in south africa who studied locally at daru ulum uh, the guy graduated six years of madrasa daru ulum study he doesn't have a copy of tafsir ibn kathir he doesn't have a copy of sahih bukhari he doesn't have the six books of ahadith etc we expect from him as an imam to deliver a fantastic talk connect with the youth know what's happening around the world he doesn't have a smartphone he doesn't know how to use a computer he doesn't have medical aid he doesn't have transport etc are uh, we expecting all of these wondrous things from him but he's not equipped Myself and yourself and others working at a fancy company, you've been for uh, a public speaking course, right? It's something that you can learn, Jayid. Uh, but he hasn't. But he's, you know, automatically meant to deliver fantastic khutbahs and hold your attention and compete mm -hmm. with Facebook and uh, Instagram. And then also to sort out, to talk about marriage, he's supposed to be sorting out marriage problems. What background does he have? He studied Sahih al-Bukhari, the book of Tahara. <laughs> <laughs> he studied uh, uh, Kitab of uh, uh, Nikah and the requirements of a valid. He studied law. He studied law. He studied, didn't study psychology. He didn't study, you know, marital matters, etc., etc. But ultimately, he's the go-to person. He's the first responder with regards to any issue. Maulana, Sheikh, Didada, etc. But he's not equipped. Mm -hmm. And then, from a South African point of view, uh, because of the baggage of apartheid, etc., if he's African... And then there's an Indian. His salary is, is, is less than the Indian guy, right? They went to Darulum together. They graduated together. But the African guy is getting, uh, uh, getting maybe uh, you know half the salary of the Indian guys. Oh. And then the Indian guy is in the town, in the city. He's dealing with simple issues. Maulana, uh, what's the story with regards to this uh, Nando's? Halal? Yeah, yeah, they've got a certificate. Halas, you know, you can eat, right? Maulana, you know, I touched my wife, did my wudu break, etc. No, no, it's, it's, it's fine. All, all is good. Whereas the African imam, who many a times is in the township, 
right? He's in the township. He's like in the ghetto area. Uh, he's dealing with this guy came from that, this certain country and now he's a migrant worker here. He's a Muslim from Burundi or somewhere. He doesn't have a wife in South Africa. Now he's made this uh, Zulu girl pregnant out of nikah. Then he comes to the sheikh there. Sheikh, you know what? Hey, I've got a problem here. She's pregnant and I don't want this and i got a wife back home there and we're going to have problems so I need an abortion here. What's the ruling with regards to abortion? We're in the first three months. And sometimes this guy is even less qualified to deal with these matters. He doesn't even know where to start to answer something like this. Which book? Wait, wait, he doesn't even have access. He doesn't have access to Mufti Menk. He doesn't have access to the local structures, the ulama board and the Jamiatul ulama. He doesn't have them on speed dial that he can just contact them and ask them. He's a frog in his small tiny pond disconnected from everything. The thing was like when we came back, we were teaching Al-Kawthar courses, inviting many of these imams to come to the courses, but they wouldn't come. Hmm. Remember, Prophet said people wouldn't hmm. learn because of one of two reasons. One is pride and the other is too shy. Jayid, uh, pride flows in the blood of uh, people of knowledge. Jayid, who are you to teach me? I went and studied there. You don't know who my sheikh is. I studied at the feet of so-and-so, etc. Even he, the fact that he knows, he does not know what you are teaching. He doesn't know the stuff. He, he is... Uh, uh, he's jahil with regards to these matters, but pride will, you know, prevent him. I'm that age. How can I sit and, you know, attend a course? Even though he will benefit. But because of pride, he wouldn't, right? Mm. And uh, with some, <coughs> with many imams, it might also be that the course is even free, free for him to attend. We send invites and everything, but he wouldn't come, right? Maybe for some, because there's a maulid happening. So if he goes to the maulid, he might get an envelope, you know, some money somebody would give him, uh, or there's some uh, program here or there or something. Uh, so he might be getting something, you know, a side hustle. You read some, some Quran <laughs> somewhere, he'll get something, etc. right? Maybe. So he doesn't come to the course. So we were struggling now. And then we had a program with many of these imams, and we saw Faqidu Shayla Yati. One of the Al-Kothar programs was uh, the Student Guild. There were many Australians, etc., who went through this five-year program. Wallahi, so many of these students were more knowledgeable than many of the imams. Jayid, students, they know Bulugh al-Maram, and they know Tafsir, and they know this and that, etc. Uh, 40 Ahadith of Imam al-Nawabi and everything in their tests, housewives, their marks a million times better, higher, they understand the content better than many imams. I didn't say all, I said many imams, right? Mm. Many imams. And so we thought, how can we have these imams? What can we do? And this is not a problem unique to South Africa. Many places around the world, the imam, from the imam's point of view, he, he says, well, yeah, I don't have the fancy phone. I don't know how to use a computer. Uh, I haven't been for these courses. I can't afford it. Uh, I, I've seen a book on the 50 khutbas for the year. I'd love to buy this book by Yawr Beg, but I can't afford it. I mean, it's like uh, uh, $20. I mean, $10 is my cell phone bill for the month and I need the other $10 for my kids' school fees. There's a predicament. Mm -hmm. People complain about him. He's backwards. He doesn't know what's happening. He's giving all old stories, etc. Uh, he's uh, not uh, schooled. Uh, I, I watch YouTube checks a million times better than him, etc., etc. So people complain about him. Mm -hmm. And then he also complains about his situation. So he said, now, what can we do? How can we remedy the situation, etc.? And so in 2014, we started the Imam Development Program where we offer working imams, excuse me, working imams. So there's an imam who's got a job. He's got a markaz. He's got a masjid. He is influential. Uh, he's active. Very important criteria. He must be active. If he's sleeping between Fajr and Zohar, many imams are <laughs> sleeping between Fajr and Zohar, 
I mean, other people are doing a full day job. Man, I mean, Fajr Salah at the moment here is like what five o'clock, mm. half past five, right? So some imams might be off from five o'clock in the morning until Zohar Salah one o'clock. Mashallah, that's like six, seven hours, Mashallah. For other people, that's a half day of work. Yeah. Jade, and then you want to complain, you know, they pay me. The, but you're free the whole day. Half the day, you are free, Mashallah. Jade. <laughs> so one has to also look at matters from different angles. But yeah, if he's somebody, he has classes in the day. Uh, he's uh, doing counseling. He's visiting the hospital. He's visiting the orphans. He's visiting the old. Uh, you know, he's active, Mashallah. He's got rebirth mm. class, etc. Khalas, Jade. So that's the type of imam that we are looking for. He applies to the imam development program. We do an interview with him he must be working he must have a salary and then we offer this imam a top-up package so in uh, so we are currently now in south africa lesotho malawi zimbabwe zambia swaziland and lesotho and next month inshallah botswana namibia and tanzania so we offer the imams a top-up package uh, so 120 dollars plus minus 120 dollars in his bank account every month from mm. our side his employer has to sign giving him permission to join the program we are not taking him from Masjid Abu Bakr and now you must work here or you must work there. No, you must continue working at Masjid Abu Bakr. We are giving you this top-up package for you to do, do your job at Masjid Abu Bakr, but better. Mm. Uh, the trustees should say, MashaAllah, after one year of this guy being on the IDP, MashaAllah, he's not an imam, he's an imam plus. It's basically <laughs> the masjid, the committee is outsourcing the development of their imam to us for free. Yeah. Right? So many imams, the guy's salary for the month, one imam in... Zimbabwe is $17 for the month. $17 is his salary for the month. Right? Mm -hmm. So the top up that he's receiving is so many times more uh, than his, his original salary. But we, we will not take an imam unless he is working, he's got a job. Somebody comes along and says, I want to be an imam, teach me, not our department, go to a Darul Ulum, go to a Jami'a, go and study. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes along and says, I am an imam, but I don't have a job. I'm qualified, I don't have a job, not our department. I am an imam, I have a masjid, I have a markaz, I'm very active, da, 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 etc. I've never been for hajj, never been for umrah, don't have a smartphone, don't have laptop, don't have medical aid, etc. etc. Jaid, I'd love to do a first aid course and a public speaking course and computer course and all of these things, etc. That's the person we're looking for. Yeah. He applies, we do an interview with him and then we take him on inshallah and then technically the sky's the limit with regards to, with regards to imams, alhamdulillah. Do you guys take on donations? Yes, of course. I mean, okay, that's, that's, how it, that's, that's how it operates. Yeah, My pockets are not that deep. <laughs> is is it a monthly donation that some. Anything, anything. Okay. So if somebody could say, I want to cover one imam for the year. Fantastic. Jade, yeah. somebody says, just $1, $1 a month. Anything, anything helps. Okay. So currently, there's 200 imams. Uh, so Alhamdulillah, we started in 2014. And this year has been the year of like exponential growth, inshallah. So at the beginning of this year, we had 200 imams. So over eight years, we reach 200. But the end of this year, inshallah, we will have 400. Mashallah. So that's Anna the Allah. doubling has now occurred in this year. Mm -hmm. This is now, inshallah, that critical mass scale, bi-ibnillahi ta'ala. And, uh, and, and the stories are too, 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 too mm. many to mention, mashallah. Uh, but this is, uh, I would say, this is real on-the-ground impact. So do we do boreholes? Yes. Orphans? Yes. Uh, uh, planting trees? Yes. Qurbani and zakat? But everything has to be done via the imam. That's, that's our unique selling point, Jayid. Yeah. It must be done via the imam. Because the imam must be the big guy in the community. He must be the hand giving and not the hand which is taking. Yeah. So we were discussing with Dr. Munir recently, uh, today. You know, like for example, Qurbani. So last year was the first year we did Qurbani. We, did, uh, we were planning 450 animals in Malawi. 
but we did 570. This year, we're planning for 800 animals in six countries. Ended up doing 2,100 animals. Oh, from 800 to 2,100 animals, mm -hmm. Jade, in, in these six countries. Uh, so why, why, why are you guys doing Qurbani? What does that got to do with Imam development? Uh, mm -hmm. Question somebody might ask. Why are you doing boreholes? Why are you doing uh, looking after orphans? Uh, why mm -hmm. are you doing planting trees? What does what planting tree got to do with Imam development? <laughs> what does Qurbani got to do with Imam development? Bursary got to do... If everything must be via the Imam. So in the community there, uh, the Imam is the one who has arranged for the borehole at the masjid. So this village, I mean, so many villages in Africa, etc. There's mafia water, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Malawi, no such thing as piped water or anything like that. So that village, uh, they don't have uh, a borehole. But then the Imam is the guy, the, 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 the drilling truck, etc. comes there. Who arranged this? Who's paying for it? He came via who? Came via the Imam. Oh, subhanAllah. Our Imam is not anybody. Our mm. Imam's got power. Our Imam is connected. Right? And so, when the Imam comes and he gives you the hamper and the zakatul fitr and the qurbani, it gives him power and strength to say that, you know what, your, 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 your wife, uh, she hasn't been coming to the river classes. Your three kids, uh, I haven't seen them in the afternoon madrasa for the past three weeks. Mm. No, no, inshallah, you know, Mulana, no, jazakla khair. You know, they're going to be there tomorrow. Jahid? You know, because he's the hand giving, etc. He gives him that power and authority. Similarly, we're planting trees. So, planting trees is a good thing. Jahid, the Prophet said, even if Qiyamah occurs, you know, plant it, right? And so somebody came to us uh, from last year, and one guy came this year and said, I want to plant a thousand trees. Jahid? So we've got a mandate to plant a thousand trees this year. And so next month, inshallah, about 700 will be planted. There's already about 500 planted this year. But where? The imam must buy the trees. Imam and his madrasa students at the center, at the masjid, at the markaz. They must all be outside there. Each one must be designated a tree. They must plant it. They must look after it, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. It becomes an activity for the imam. Because many imams... He, you, you need to activate him. That's what we say at the IDP. We activate imams. Because if he's not activated, he's just a loner in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But if you give him these opportunities, you give him these things, etc. This month yeah. uh, in South Africa on the 24th of this month is called uh, uh, is Heritage Day. Heritage Day. And uh, so uh, many have started Open Mosque Day. They call it the Open Mosque Day, right? And so this month we said to the imams, there's a whole bonus category. Uh, so the imams have their full package and then there's a bonus category. If you participate, you get something. You don't participate, you don't get. With haraka comes baraka, it's not uh, compulsory, right? <laughs> this month's bonus is, if you participate in the open mosque day, you automatically qualify to get an extra thousand rands. Right? Thousand rands is mm. like... Uh, uh, it's like 50, 50, 60 dollars, 50, 60 Australian dollars, if he does it. Mm. Uh, what, what does he need to do? He needs to make a digital uh, advert uh, image. He needs to make it himself. The imam needs to make it. He needs to have a register on the day for the people who come to that open mosque. They take their name, phone number, etc. He needs to speak to the Muslims, non-Muslims in the community, make sure that they come. He needs to prepare whatever. Maybe he's going to give some snacks, etc. He is the program manager at his masjid for mm. this thing. And if he does it, he's going to get a thousand rands. 108 imams have signed up from the IDP imams to do this. Mm. So, in the grand scheme of things, this is going to cost us 108,000 rands. But if 108,000 rands got you to do, to get 108 communities to have an open mosque, fantastic. It's a, it's a drop in the ocean in terms of money. Yeah. Right? Last month, the bonus was... We kept put aside 100,000 rands and we said that we want imams to visit people in the community over the age of 70. Right? Uh, we were overwhelmed with the response. 
160 something imams did 1,600 visits. So they had a Google Google form to fill out with each visit, name of the person, ID number, uh, the area that they located. Do they pray five times a day, three times a day, one time a day? Don't know how to pray. Uh, don't know. They don't know how to pray because then the imam needs. You know, you need to go and teach this guy. Maybe the man's 80 years old, doesn't know how to pray. Maybe he's only got one year to live. At least go and teach him, inshallah, yeah. right? And then we asked. Uh, does this person have any immediate needs? Medical, food, whatever it might be. What is that need and how much will it cost? So we were not expecting 1,600 uh, you know, responses, right? Uh, one imam visited like 70 old people. Some imams came across people 115 years old. 115 years old. Jayid, subhanAllah. Uh, one imam came across this woman so sad that she's got this like skin disease, similar to like leprosy, shingles or something, right? Mm. And in her village, she's totally abandoned. She just is in that, she's like mm. under self-imposed exile in her house. Mm. Nobody visits her, people regard her as a witch. You know, they, they, they like, you know, like COVID, you know, when some people had COVID, you stay away from the person, don't visit them, you know, this, that, etc. you know, stay far from me. Similar, Allah Mustan, Muslim, Muslim, old auntie. Mushkila. Now the imam visited, uh, so, then, then we start with the problem now. If we had to meet everybody's wishes, it would have costed us like about three, four million. So what we did was we just uh, honed in on. Uh, there's a big bonus in December. So the imams who are participating, uh, December's bonus is if you have your students, adult or kids, memorize Surah Wadduha to Anas plus the first five ahadith of Imam al-Nawi, then for every student that does that in December, you will receive 50 rands. Plus minus five dollars, right? You will receive 50 rands. So the imam was told about this. He had to sign up in April. He's got like eight months, nine months. You know, he could get 100 students, 200 students. You know, he gets a big bonus, mashallah, right? Yeah. Uh, so we said, those who are participating in that bonus, you are the guys that we will give the cash uh, to uh, for these old people. And so alhamdulillah, then they bought whatever. So uh, this week they are all doing the buying and uh, this auntie wanted food and this one wanted a wheelchair, that one wanted a, a walking stick, etc. Whatever it was, we give them the money, yeah. you know, you go and sort it out for these old people. Now part and parcel of that is what? Is building the link and the connection between those people and the imam. Yeah. We just facilitated the gift. Now via the gift, the heart has been united. Prophet said, give <laughs> gifts because the hearts will come together. Jahid. Yeah. And so it was one of the love languages. Jahid, you know, the gifts, etc. <laughs> right? And so now these people respect the Imam more. MashaAllah, ne never in the history of our masjid ever Imam came to my house and he went and bought maize, uh, 20 kilogram of maize and came and dropped off at my house. Hey, this is not an Imam, this is an Imam plus. Right? Yeah. So that's our mandate to activate imams to create imam pluses. Uh, walhamdulillah, right? It's very good idea. Yeah, it's incentivizing basically their nah, work. Nah, nah. Everything, I mean, it, all tracking, etc. It's via the app. So we've got an imam development program dedicated app. There was a brother, very good brother in South Africa. He worked for McKinsey for five years. He started a company, and uh, so he's the one designed the app and everything. So as recently, one guy told me, you've like, you know, you guys have gamified. The whole imam, uh, <laughs> uh, the whole imam <laughs> thing, like right? yeah. so. Imam's wife gives birth; he gets a thousand rand extra bonus. Imam, <laughs> imam uh, does the student guild, and he gets hundred percent. He gets five hundred rand extra bonus. He fails the student guild test; he loses five hundred rands. Right? Uh, mm. He has a revert. He, he, he was he was the facilitator in somebody reverting to Islam. He gets uh, two hundred rands. Right? For every revert, he gets two hundred rands. So Alhamdulillah. Now somebody say, Oh, but Masha, you know, what about the intention? The niya? Uh, same story with regards to everything. Yeah. The imam at your local masjid on the musalla, if maybe they were not giving him any salary, he might not even be there. 
Jaid the Imam of the Haram of Makkah, if he wasn't being paid, maybe he wouldn't be there. Allah knows best, mm-hmm. right? Intention, we leave it between them and Allah. Mm-hmm. Many of us, if you read this three times, you're going to get this reward. You, if you do this here, you're going to get that, etc. We're motivated by that. Yeah. Obviously, it's the Imam needs to ensure that my primary intention is the benefit, and mm-hmm. if the benefit to the people, right? And if I get some other benefit, that that's a secondary benefit. No problem, inshallah. The Muslim, Mr. Miyagi, I love it. Huh? Yeah. I love it. Do you know Mr. Oh, yeah. Yagi is, yeah? Yes, yes, of okay. course. Wax on, wax off. That's it. How do you? That's too old for you, that Sheikh, Mr. Miyagi. Hey, my mom's. Uh, What's your age? 26. 26, subhanAllah. You guys are. Doctor? 23. Doctor? 44. 44. Alhamdulillah. 41. 41. 41. They say life begins at 40, But the question is what ends at 39? <laughs> I heard you guys talking in that podcast. You said something about you know, uh, but my friend or something. He's forty-two and his kids are running around, and you know he's tired and this and that. I mean, I'm thinking, Subhanallah, you guys are just forty-two. You guys are forty-two. Sheikh, we do the park run and we run and mafi mushkila. Surely it wasn't me. One of you. He's involved. He's involved. Abu Bakr Abu Bakr. He passed away at 63 and he left behind a pregnant wife. Okay. At 63, left behind a pregnant wife. Okay. So we talk about, you know, the Salaf, where are we from them? Huh? Yeah. So I wanted to ask, because you have, like you said, maybe other people um, describe it as like a g- game. Mm. We hear a lot of people like talk about life and they say, you know, um, have a perspective on life like it's a video game mm. and you keep trying to level up. And then you pick up skills, you know, mm. try to use money to benefit you and stuff like that. How um, do you have, because obviously you have the Imam program. Has there been some ideas in your head about how the everyday person can kind of like level up and have this kind of mindset in their own? Like I told them once, you know, habits that I wanted to um, pick up mm. or build, I used to treat myself. Like for example, I said, okay, if I go fajr every, if I go fajr at the mosque, I'll give $5. And then at the end of the week, I have like a splurge money. <laughs> Because sometimes okay. you go buy yourself a new pair yeah. of shoes and you're like, damn, I spent $200. Because I can know if I read a juice a day, I get $10. Yeah, or if yeah, I yeah. do this. And that used to motivate me. But obviously yeah. that was just one thing. Excellent. Was there things that you've thought of that could be like, you know? Jayid, I mean, uh, like with my kids. So recently we bought this like chart. And it's got, it's got like the surah memorization kind of thing. So it's got this guy here and he has this end goal. So each stop like surah anna, surah this, surah that. And then there's like stickers that, uh, you know, are put on, etc. And, uh, and, and, and I mean, my, my, my daughter, she's I think, uh, she's six years old, right? She's six, five, six and stuff like this. And the other one's four. Are they motivated by, you know, I'm going to buy you something. I'm going to get you something. I'm going to take you somewhere. Yes, they are. It's just like myself. If somebody said, you know what, uh, come and do this podcast, I'm going to give you $2,000 or something. Yalla, bismillah, until fajr, yalla, we continue. Because we know the value in that. Prophet Surah Al-Anfal, Anfal on the battlefield is the nafil. It's like if so-and-so does X, Y, Z, he's going to get extra from the war booty and stuff. To motivate people, I think in one of the battles against the Romans or something, uh, which commander was it? He said that Jayid, uh, uh, whoever is able to defeat the enemy, etc., then technically uh, that uh, uh, that leader's daughter, you know, is going to be married to this guy. Jayid, you know, mm. we, we will get her and inshallah, you know, you guys will get married. I mean, that guy was motivated and he went forward. 
Jayid, so... So motivation sometimes isn't a bad thing because sometimes we hear like, obviously motivation fades, discipline stays and you have to be disciplined to be consistent and stuff like that. But if it gets you there, it's still not a bad thing. doesn't matter what it is with monetary and stuff like that. Obviously, ibadah is a bit different because you still have to watch your intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a bad thing to, you know... And especially with the kids so that you create that habit in them. Jayid, there's a girl, she says... That my father, when I was like 13, 14, he made sure that I went to madrasa to memorize Quran. I hated it. She says, I used to look at my friends and they're playing with this and they're going there and they're going here and I always felt that I'm losing out, right? I, I'm losing out. And why does he hate me so much? You know, make me sit and memorize Quran, di dada. She says, fast forward, I'm 24 years old now and how I am thankful to my father that he did that. Jahid, mm. those girls who were playing and they went to the park, etc. What do they have of that park today? Mm-hmm. Jahid, it's gone. But I have the Quran. Now as a young mother, I know the value of that. Jahid, mm-hmm. uh, for us, uh, when we went to Medina, uh, for a student who goes there and you haven't memorized Quran, ooh, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy, Jahid. Uh, you, you memorize Quran because in every subject, there's evidences that you need to memorize. And then there's also the subject called Quran where you have to memorize if you get there and now you need to start memorizing from fresh etc very difficult every evidence whereas the one who's half is already khalas it's already done you know he's moving that's an easy subject that's the easiest subject for him alhamdulillah and so they say whatever you learn when you are young it's like writing in stone and whatever you uh, try to memorize later in life it's like mem- writing on water it doesn't stick etc uh, so forming those habits in the early years are very important um, I also think that <coughs> the you have to incentivize things. So, for example, the imams of the masjids, they got families. they got people to look after and things like that. So it's more an encouragement for them to get actually get the job done that we've got you covered. Mm. You know? Yeah, I've got your back. Yeah. Do everything you need to do for, the, for your community. You know, we've got you covered. Mm. And, um, you know, in the past, the, 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 the scholars were really well paid. At that time, why? Because they had a job to do and they were looked after. Mm. You know, rather than you know going out and working and spending all these hours and so these imams, I don't know, I'm only making an assumption here that they'd have you know trying to get out get a job and then they'd have to sacrifice their work time to look after the community. But now they've got the job; they're still doing mm. what they need to do. But now they've got you know mm. your services are, are helping them out, like so uh, really putting in. Uh, like recently, because of the changes in certain countries and stuff, there was an organization that was covering the salary, $100 a month salary of like about 60, 70 imams, du'at, etc. in some of the African countries. And then for whatever reason, this organization pulled out. Right, mm. They stopped the funding. These du'at in that country, overnight, that source of income has ended. Right? Out of that 70 maybe 20 will continue doing some teaching. Maybe they've got something else. Maybe his father left him some cattle or whatever. He'll continue, right? And he's still doing his dawah. But 70. So 50, now he's doing a taxi business. He's opened up a small shop and stuff. At the end of the day, this guy was giving 12 hours of dawah every day. Now all he gives is maybe two hours of dawah a day. The ill effects of this are not necessarily going to hit now. But in five years from now, Eight years from now, when the community did that madrasa was not running, 
afternoon kids were not getting a madrasa. They were not learning Quran. They were not memorizing surahs and this and that, etc. Now you've got a generation that comes up eight years, nine years from now. They, they, they don't know all of this stuff, yeah? Mm. They're very susceptible to other ideologies or anyone else coming to them, selling them something. Just because, you know, uh, the Sheikh Abdurrahman As-Sumait. Uh, you guys know Sheikh Abdurrahman As-Sumait? So, Google him, Jaid, the many YouTube videos, etc., documentaries on his life, Abdurrahman As-Sumait. He was the one who started Africa Muslim Agency. Jaid, there's like stats they talk about. Millions of people became Muslim at his hands. Oh he, he was from Kuwait, doctor, yeah. and then he lived in Africa, lived in Madagascar, etc. His whole family, his whole life was like spent there in Africa. Oh, right? wow. uh, so he mentions, he says, you know, some people come build a masjid. He says, we need to worry about the sajid more than the masjid. We need to worry mm. about the person who prostrates more than the masjid. So IDP, by default, uh, we, we're not into building a masjid, building a madrasa, putting up structures. No, no, no. Our thing is the, the person. Mm. Right? We, we focus mm. on the imam. Yes, some donor comes along and he says, you know what, I've got some money here for masjid repair. In a split second, we ask the imams, right, imams, who from amongst you, because the database of the imams, they, who needs masjid repairs? Send me the pictures, etc. Before pictures, here's a donor. Which one you want to cover? This is the cost, da da, etc. Very easy now for him to then say, I'll cover that one, that one, that one. Imams, here's the money, sort it out, send us the after pictures, done. You know, within a week it can be done because of mm. that uh, a network, right? Mm. Uh, just two days ago, somebody comes there and he says, I got an animal I need slotted for sadaqa. I was telling Munir today, all I have to do is in the group there with the imam say, Imams, here's $50. Uh, for the slaughter of one animal, it's an aqika and must be slaughtered today, must be distributed, uh, send us pictures of all of that and distributed to the poor. 10 seconds is too much. 10 seconds is too much. I have to close the group after that. Why? Because imams are ready. Yeah, give it to me. I want it. I want it. I want it, etc. And the guy will go out, do the slaughter, etc. Send the pictures to the donor. He's happy. Everybody's happy. And we are happy because our mandate is met because the imam is the big guy. Mm. In that community, imam was the hand giving, not the hand mm. which was taking. It gives him power, gives him authority. If, mm. if somebody came today and he says, I want to invest in fair income here, I've got a million dollars. That guy gives you power, gives you authority, gives you, uh, opens up options for you. You can move your mm. studio somewhere else, this, that, etc. You can be on more platforms. You can hire people full-time. You can do this full-time. Mm. Right? Your output podcast. would be just like how you would get power. You would get strength from that. Similarly, the imam in his, in his environment. Yeah, um, Definitely. I wanted to, because I'm conscious of time, Sheikh. I know oh, yeah, that you've got a, a heavy schedule. I wanted to wrap up on this last question. This is a question that we ask a lot of our guests. We probably forgot to ask you, Mustafa. So I'll get <laughs> your <laughs> answer here as well. No, no, no. It's, um, <laughs> Mustafa goes first. If you were to see Sheikh Bilal Ismail, age 16. Uh, 16. 16. 1-6. Yes. Oh, okay. I know it was a long time ago, but. <laughs> <laughs> what, would you, what would your word of advice be to him? Jayed. Jayed. Uh, one piece of advice. One piece. Of Only one piece. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fadal, if you got more, you're literally limiting yourself from knowledge and gems. So make sure you memorize <laughs> the Noble Quran. Make sure you memorize uh, as much as possible. Jayed. And you know this idea, our teachers, hivs when we did hivs, etc. You know, make sure you memorize di da da, etc. And do your muraja'a, they call it door, etc. Right? Make sure it's strong. Because later on in life, it's very difficult. Ah, what are you talking, Molana? That's the reality, Jayid. So many hufas mm -hmm. out there for them to revise one juice of the Quran a day is a major jihad. 
Trade, you're busy, you've got kids, etc. Difficult. And so when you're young and you don't have many responsibilities, they say, تَعَلَّمُوا قَبْلَ أَن تَسُودُوا Study either one of two, تَسَوَّدُوا or تَسُودُوا تَسُودُوا meaning until you become a person of position of authority because it's difficult. Learn before you're in that position of responsibility. Or قَبْلَ أَن تَسَوَّدُوا before you turn black, meaning before you wither out, before you turn grey, etc. Right? Mm. Uh, so in your early years, uh, make sure that you put in that extra effort. Uh, so that's one thing I would advise my 16-year-old uh, self, inshallah. Then the other one would be, who are you going to get married to? It's probably the most important decision you will ever make in your life. The person, uh, it sounds heavy, right? <laughs> 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 the weight of that just landed in your head. Like, huh? <laughs> Seriously. The person you're going to get married to is probably the most important decision you will make in your life. It determines so many things after that. You have a good marriage, you have a good woman, you have a good husband. Khair and barakah. You choose. You could choose somebody who's a wali of Allah. And she's a wali of Allah, you're a wali of Allah. But you're just a mismatch. He gets married to somebody else, she gets married to somebody else. MashaAllah, so beautiful. But those two together, they just couldn't make it work. Mm. Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he divorced a woman. Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam divorced Hafsa, Umar's daughter. But then... Angel Jibreel ordered him to take her back and then he took her back. So the decision on who you're going to marry is probably the most important decision in your life, Jayid. And uh, and what else, Mustafa? Marriage, Marriage uh, <laughs> study, etc. Jayid. Uh, friends. Huh? Friends. Friends. Khair, I think I'll leave it on those two. Always <laughs> <laughs> different friends. Uh, my 16-year-old self, 100 uh. friends. She's, be careful. she's be better friends. Yeah. <laughs> at 16, 100%. Yeah. yeah. You know, we had um, Ruben on the podcast. Um, he's a brother, he's a revert brother. I don't know if you've ever seen it. He was an Australian revert Muslim and he did I that. I speech. just saw the title. I, I didn't uh, listen. <laughs> we'll send you a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, a famous it's like video. His revert story. It's like 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it on your, on your channel. I didn't watch it, but I yeah. saw it. Yeah. So um, he was talking about how he had, because uh, before he reverted, he had his Aussie mates and they were all non Muslim and whatever. And he knew, he realized he had to change his life after he woke up out of a, he was <laughs> blackout drunk and he woke up and then he had a meat pie on his chest, he had uh, cold drinks here, big M here. Mm. He realized that he was at a coffee table hey, for others. <laughs> <laughs> so subhanAllah, that caused him to go, you know what? Khalas, I'm going to become, I have to find something else. Cause this is I, think, I think he mentioned that, uh, that he had tattoos or something or he was not appropriately tight, uh, tight jeans or something. And then the imam said, no, you know, you, you come like this. So people must see that, you know, even pe Islam is for, for, for guys like you too. Right? Yeah. So your, 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 your points were? Friends? Just, just friends. Choose your friends. <laughs> choose mm. With my 16-year-old self, the way I was, 100% choose better friends. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I was influenced a lot by my friends at that age. Yeah. Very impressionable. So. I think uh, most kids are, you yeah. know, especially like you said, the environment is your phone. You know, like you are who your friends are. It's the exactly it's the, the, the same thing. Yeah, subhanAllah. We'll end on that. I reckon that's a perfect way to end it. Jazakallah khairan. Jazakallah khairan, mashaykh. Barakallah feek. Hayyakum Allah. Behind the camera. Honestly, because you came out, you took time out of your busy schedule. I know that you'd rather be at home right now, relaxing, unwinding before a big day tomorrow, inshallah. Jazakallah khairan, brother Munir. We're always going to shout out NZF because we're very happy with, well, not very happy with, but we're glad to be involved in their work and inshallah we'll be We'll be connecting on, on, on many projects, inshallah. Don't forget, 
um, Imam Development Program. Yes. And Al-Kotha, all the links that he said, yeah. articles to read. This will be uploaded when? It a couple of weeks, inshallah. Okay. Unless but you'd like us soon. Would you like us soon? No, no, it doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> You're going to have to take the back <laughs> <laughs> No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you no, should be uploaded no, tonight. <laughs> no, you can, oh, yeah. I've, sent, <laughs> I've sent the links, alhamdulillah, within the, within the, the story for our podcast. <laughs> and inshallah, we'll continue to push them out. Allah keep you guys strong and grant you guys uh, spouses with the coolness of your eyes. Amen. I'm going to come visit you in South Africa. Amen. Where do you live in South Africa? Durban. Easy, inshallah. Easy, inshallah. Your mum was from where? From Johannesburg. Yeah, oh, everyone, okay. whole family's from Joburg. Okay. And no Captonians there, yeah. Huh? No Captonians in no my family. Okay, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching, guys. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll see you soon, huh?